At Cenex, we're locally owned and operated, so your community is our community. That's why your Cenex goes far beyond the store. We fuel community connections by supporting local festivals, restoring town monuments, and renovating baseball fields. Now in its fourth year, we'll have contributed more than $400,000 to Cenex communities through our hometown pride initiative. Because community connections make the places we live so special. Cenex, powered locally. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We can count our lucky stars that we're almost through the week five bye. Now, before we start setting our sights on the Miami Dolphins, let's take a look at the inner workings of the Bears offense throughout the first quarter of the season. So to help with this analysis, I sat down with Bobby Peters. He's a civil engineer, an assistant football coach, and author of a couple of super insightful football scheme and concept books. But most importantly, He's a Bears fan. In this interview, I picked Bobby's brain on everything we should know about this offense so far, from common concepts to player utilization and how the unit can improve moving forward. So what makes Matt Nagy's offense click? How is our head coach scheming guys open? And what formations and concepts are getting the job done? You're going to find out all of that and more in this interview. So without any more delay, here is that conversation. Hey, Bobby, I'm glad that we were able to bring you on this week to talk about Matt Nagy's offense throughout the first four games. But first, you know, I must ask a fellow fan, how are you feeling after a 3-1 and one start to the season? Well, it's obviously a, a rough one. That first game was probably one of the, the roughest Bears games I've ever watched. Uh, you know, just with the, you know, the way it was going in the beginning, you know, I almost turned the game off at halftime going to bed thinking that, you know, it was it was uh, – going to be going to be an easy victory but you know I'm, I stayed up and watched it and almost wish I went to bed but um, after that I mean they've looked dominant you know outside of that fourth quarter you know they've been they've dominated every quarter you know throughout the first four games so it's, it's been a very impressive start to the season yeah absolutely it's been a lot of fun to watch kind of unfold over the course of September besides like you said just that one bad quarter the Bears have been a very sound football team but yeah, you know, you and I, we've been discussing through Twitter, you know, about this episode all week, and I'm really excited to gain uh, some of your insight on the Bears' offense through the first four games. And I just want to go ahead and begin with last week's spectacle. The Bears put up, you know, over 500 total yards on offense, and on top of that, they scored 48 points in the process. All the talk has been about, you know, how Mitchell Trubisky, how that was his coming out party, and you know, I agree with that, but more you know more power to number 10 in terms of of course having that big game that we really needed to see out of them um but something that has kind of flown under the radar has been uh from that game especially has been Matt Nagy's you know brilliant scheme that really enabled all of those big plays so Bobby I want to know from your perspective uh what exactly did Nagy do to lead the Bears to success last Sunday against Tampa Bay so this this starts and ends with Matt Nagy's just overall philosophy about offensive football. During his time towards the end of the season last year with Kansas City when he was handed the play calling duties, there was a, 
very clear emphasis on taking shots down the field, not just throwing go routes or post routes, but creative ways to get Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill going down the field. And Sunday was the first time this season with the Bears that that was on full display. I mean, Matt Nagy emptied all of his chambers uh, and took all his shots on Sunday. And, you know, to the offense's credit, you know, the offensive line blocked out, you know, they, their, their pass protection was outstanding on some of those longer developing plays. It's Trubisky read it right, threw the ball out on time, and the receivers, you know, ran ran the right routes and ran them well enough to get open. So that's, that, that just comes back, it circles around to Nagy's overall philosophy. And I think that's something that, that can be counted on as the season goes forward because it's something that he focuses on and is, is a, a very important detail in his offense. Absolutely. Do you have any like insight on like how they were schemed so wide open? Because more times than not, either it was you know a defender slipping, uh, guarding a Trey Burton, Josh Bellamy's big touchdown as well. But it just seemed like those throws were so wide open, so easy for Drew Bisky to hit. Uh, how did that kind of come together? So uh, Matt Nagy kind of alluded to it a little bit in his press. Uh, I think it was his post game press conference. He talked about how he knew Tampa Bay was going to come out in a lot of single high coverage. To an offense, when you see single high coverage, that means you're going to get a ton of a ton of one-on-one matchups on the outside. Now, now at that point, it's up to the offensive coordinator and play caller to, in this case, finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The high coach to determine, okay, how can we take advantage of these one-on-one matchups? Are we just, you know, like I alluded to earlier, he, he doesn't just call straight go routes or straight post routes. He, he manufactures these big plays down the field. And one of the focal points, that manufactured a lot of these big plays uh, was the uh, a version of the scissors or sale concept that can be found in, you know, Kansas City runs it a lot in Philadelphia with Doug Peterson. It's the outside receiver will run a post route and the inside receiver in a two-by-two formation will run uh, kind of like a 10-yard corner route, but he'll flatten it off against certain coverages. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the basis. That that play was actually the, the second, uh, the very second touchdown to Allen Robinson. Um, Allen, Allen Robinson ran a tremendous, so he he ran the sail route on that on that particular play. He was the inside receiver, and I mean he he, he had a tremendous release at the line of scrimmage to to create separation and keep the timing of the play intact. And then at the top of his route, I mean he put a great one step move on his defender to to gain outside leverage. And I mean it was just a tremendous piece of route running. But the scissors that that, that scissors or sail concept was kind of an overarching concept that they used. The, the, the Bears' first touchdown to Trey Burton was actually a double move off that concept. So the outside receiver ran a post. The number two receiver ran that sail route. But then he, after about four or five steps after his break, he turned it up up the sideline. So it kind of resembles a, a deeper wheel route. So what that does is against these single high coverages that most NFL teams, so this kind of all originates from the Pete Carroll Seattle defenses of uh, you know, about five or six years ago. So, what these single high, they're, they're pattern match zone coverages that they, they, they're zones, but after the receivers release vertically for about eight yards, they turn into man. So once this, these, the post and the sail route get to about 10 yards, it, it's essentially man-to-man coverage. So when the, the man-to-man defender on the sail route sees him cut out at 10 yards, he's not expecting that double move that far down the field. So that's why Trey Burton was able to get open and, 
you know, his, the defender slipped on that particular play, but, you know, Burton beat him on the route, and that's what caused him to slip because he realized that he had to make up some ground and he lost his footing at that point. So uh, that was Trey Burton's touchdown. And then they also, on uh, one of three cones, big plays down the left side, down the left sideline was uh, another variation of that, except they ran it out of a trip set. So that was a, a, a really good way that Matt Nagy took advantage of, of that coverage. Yeah, no, really good stuff there, Bobby. Uh, you kind of mentioned one player, uh, Allen Robinson. You know, he had that touchdown, like you mentioned, but outside of that last week, he didn't have a huge stat line, but in the three weeks prior, he's been the most consistent and reliable option for Trubisky uh, throughout the entire month of the year uh, in September. I want to know, and uh, what you've seen, like how has Nagy utilized this big-bodied receiver in his offense this year? So through the first three weeks, especially against Seattle, there was a clear emphasis on making him the focal point of the short passing game. So he was he was targeted a few times on some quick hitch routes as well as some uh, 10-yard curl routes and uh, one of the one of the main staple passing concepts that Nagy's run the first uh, the first four weeks here is the Hank concept, and that involves curl routes on the outside, uh, a middle hook route to sit over the center at about four or five yards, and then flat routes to stretch to stretch the uh, the flat defenders to open up the curls and that concept has gotten Allen Robinson a, a good chunk of his catches as well as, you know, the quick stuff underneath with uh, just quick hitch routes. But that, uh, that sail route I was referring to earlier, that was probably the first time they've really tried to, to get him the ball down the field. And, you know, that was a perfect timing for that play call in the red zone. So that was nice to see him, you know, make a play down the field and get that touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of talked about these bunch routes. And there's something that we've seen uh, ever since the start of training camp, you know, just a bunch of different formations uh, with, you know, some bunches either on the left or the right side. It can either be, you know, three wide receivers, a tight end, two wide receivers, two tight ends, one wide receiver, one wide receiver, one tight end, one running back. I think you get the pictures, but, you know, the combinations are abundant. Uh, We see them, you know, used a lot throughout games as well. I want to know, like, how has Nagy set these bunch formations up and the plays that come out of them to kind of create those mismatches and difficult-to-cover concepts? So Matt Nagy utilizes these bunch formations. He'll utilize them in the run game and pass game. So in the run game, when the Bears line up under center and they have a bunch set to one side or the other, typically Trey Burton will be the inside guy on that. He'll kind of be in like a – like a detached tight end look, and then you'll have, you'll have two receivers just slightly aligned outside of him. There, there's where they'll run a lot of their zone slice concepts or zone bluff concepts where they'll have Trey Burton kind of sit across the line of scrimmage and either block the defensive end or, or, or kind of, you know, dip, in, dip outside of him and let the DN crash. And that was actually on the Bears' first drive, that was, that was the case on Mitch Trubisky's – so it wasn't out of a bunch set, but they ran that, that bluff action. That was Mitch Trubisky's uh, – the keep that he had, uh, I think he maybe picked up like 20 or 25 yards, but uh, so that's how he utilizes it in the run game. And then in the pass game, he'll, the bears will run a, a lot of four vertical actions out of that set. So they'll, they'll run play action. Um, and then they'll, they'll try to hit, they'll, they'll use the bunch to create free releases for those guys um, running vertically down the field to try to create that timing that allow that allows Trubisky to, to get the ball out on time. But one particular example that sticks out in my head right now is, is Tariq Cohen's touchdown on Sunday. Um, the one the one down in the red zone, I believe it was from the nine-yard line. Mm-hmm. The Bears Bears ran a two-man bunch uh, to the side that Tariq Cohen was lined up on in the backfield. The, the Matt Nagy calls uh, a traditional West Coast concept. Of the, he calls the drive concept. This calls for the outside receiver in that bunch to run a two-yard drag route, and then the receiver just inside of him to run about a 10-yard dig. So down by the goal line, it, it, it he kind of bent the route a little bit earlier just because there's not as much space. But so what that does is that takes, that takes the inside defenders away 
and that allowed Tariq Cohen to, to get inside leverage on his defender and come inside. And actually, that one's a great example of when the Bears lined up in that set, you can see Tampa Bay checking to a, a, typical, um, a typical way NFL defenses defend bunch sets. is It's called a box check. So what they'll do is they'll have four defenders committed to that side because there's three receivers. They'll have uh, a defender. So they'll have two defenders inside and two defenders outside. So they'll have a defender aligned you know, probably four or five yards from the line of, from the ball on you know, the inside and outside of the bunch, and then another set of defenders, another set of two defenders lined up probably eight to 10 and now down in the red zone, it probably shrinks a little bit, but so the drive route took away that first inside defender and that dig route took away that second inside defender. So now when Tariq Cohen is releasing outside out of the backfield, he has that short, that the only remaining short defender is on his outside hip. And I don't know about you, Will, but um, I don't know. There, I don't think there's too many defenders in the NFL that can, that can defend Tariq Cohen when he has the leverage he needs in the passing game. Yeah, no, you're right. There's not many. Uh, I can't count them on one hand, so that's a good sign for us. Uh, so you kind of talked about Tree Cohen, which is interesting because that's my next question here for you because throughout this offseason, uh, there's, of course, a lot of buzz around, about like what this offense could become and a lot of different comparisons kind of coming out, of course, with the Kansas City offense. that's you know That's been a given ever since January. Um, but two of the largest comparisons that you heard in time in, time out uh, was Tariq Cohen to Tyreek Hill and Trey Burton to Travis Kelsey. And now, so I want to know, like, we can start with Tariq Cohen here. Um, has he been used kind of like Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City or has Matt Nagy kind of used his X factor a little bit differently here in Chicago? So, so that's, that's definitely interesting because there are ways he will utilize Tariq Cohen in the, in the same way he, he used Tyreek Hill. And one, one particular way was the, the first play on Sunday where the Bears kind of ran a quick screen to, to, to Tariq Cohen and the offensive line kind of immediately runs to that side so they release quickly. So it's not really like a slow screen as if he were lined up in the backfield. Actually, I think that might have been out of one of the bunch sets as well. But So they, the Chiefs used – that with Tyreek Hill a ton last year. It was just an easy, quick way to get your, your playmaker the ball in space. Um, so that's definitely one way I see, I see them carry over. As far as scheme goes, like particular concepts, I don't know if there's any others that I've noticed that are consistently used. Um, but I, I think Matt Nagy definitely sees Tariq Cohen in the same light that he, that he saw Tyreek Hill in the sense that they're both matchup nightmares. If you guard them one-on-one, they're, they're going to win. So they, you know, in that sense, you know, and obviously Sunday you could see Tariq Cohen was a more of a focal point in the passing game as well. So that's, you know, in that sense, if they, if he can get them in one-on-one matchups, you can, you can bet that he's telling Mitch to throw him to, to get, to, to throw the ball his way. Well, what about Trey Burton? Uh, how does his role and utilization kind of compare and contrast to say a Travis Kelsey? So this one, this one from a scheme standpoint is definitely more comparable. So in, in, uh, so, so one way that Travis Kelsey was utilized and still is utilized in Kansas City is on the inside of trips formations. They'll, they'll try to isolate that tight end against that middle linebacker in zone coverage or even man coverage for that matter too. Um, so they'll run him on quick stick routes. They'll run him on uh, what I call a ball route. So they'll kind of run an angle pitch route over the ball. Uh, those are probably the two primary, primary, primary ways to get them the ball in space. I believe, I believe Trey Burton had a couple targets against Seattle and Green Bay in that sense. But one particular play that stands out to me that Travis Kelsey uh, destroyed teams with last year in Kansas City is the Y cross concept. So he'll line up as an inline tight end or, you know, maybe even flex a couple yards out, and he'll run underneath the Sam linebacker that's lined up on him and then over the top of the middle linebacker. So it kind of looks like a, like a diagonal vertical almost to try to get to the other side of the field. And this is something that 
actually, I posted a video to Twitter, I want to say maybe a month or two before the season started, um, showing clips of Travis Kelsey just running this route, picking up 30, 40 yards at a time. I mean, there was clip after clip that I found. And um, one of Mitch Trubisky's best throws against Arizona was on this concept to Trey Burton on that deep crossing route that he ran. Um, I can't remember which quarter, but it was, it was a tremendous anticipation throw because he threw the ball when, when Burton was covered, but he could tell based on the leverage that Burton was going to break open. And it was a perfectly placed ball, perfectly timed ball. And um, that's, that's definitely from a scheme standpoint, the, the biggest carryover that I've seen. And, you know, going back to Mitch's college, college days at North Carolina, when, you know, when, I, when the Bears drafted him, I decided to take a look at some of the film at what he did well at North Carolina. And the wide cross concept was one of the, the concepts that stuck out to me as one of the, the downfield passing, you know, more pro-style passing concept that they used that he had a lot of success with. So it's cool to see him, you know, continue the success with that. And, you know, obviously Matt Nagy's identified that as something that he can read well and something that Nagy's used in the past. So I, I expect that route to be, to be used, you know, throughout the remainder of the season. What kind of building upon that, you know, we've had a month to kind of digest this offense. What do you think it needs to do in order to put Trubisky in a position to succeed uh, for the rest of the season? Like you just mentioned, that's a concept he did well at North Carolina, and now it's transitioned over to this offense. Is there any other concepts that you think that it can kind of lean on and enable him to have some sustained success uh, throughout the rest of the year? So the, the, uh, there's a couple different, couple different ways I want to answer this. So the first way is when, when Trubisky struggled at times against Arizona, you could tell there was a clear shift in the play calling towards more RPOs. And this is something that, that Mitch used a lot in college and that he's very comfortable reading at the pro level as well. He's been very efficient at reading. I think the Bears, I think, uh, I think they've ran maybe 33 or 34 uh, RPOs so far this season. That You know, that's my count. So I may be one or two off there, but um, – that's, and that's something that, that you can tell they rely on on early downs, on rundowns, to, to build Mitch's confidence. Um, so that's something that, you know, when he struggles, look for, look for the Bears to, to kind of look in that direction more. And then, two is, you know, going through the first four games, you know, breaking down, breaking down the film, you can tell they're, they're, they're averaging over 10 yards of play when they run play action, and Mitch rolls away from, rolls away from the run action. So kind of like a you know, the old wing key offense is called like a waggle action, right? So you could play fake one way, you boot the other way. You know, the West Coast guys call it, you know, maybe a keep or a naked, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that that's true. I mean, you know, we all know, you know, just anecdotally, right, Mitch is real good on the run. He's a real good athlete. But, I mean, the data the data backs that up. When, he's, when he play fakes one way and moves out of the pocket the other way, the Bears are averaging, you know, they're averaging a first down every time they call that, you know, those concepts. So that's definitely something that, you know, as a Bears fan, I certainly hope uh, Nagy leans on more as the season goes on as well. You kind of talked about the RPO, and that was a huge kind of buzzword throughout the entire offseason in terms of what this offense is going to look like. Is there any other insight in terms of how the RPO has been used this season so far that you want to bring up? Yeah, so like I was saying, Mitch, Mitch reads it very well, and, and Nagy definitely leans on that at times. And yeah, I think the Arizona game was definitely the game where, where they, they ran it most. I'm not you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just speculating at this point, but I would imagine, you know, being a, you know, an offensive coach myself, you know, Arizona, they like to blitz a lot. They gave Mitch a ton of different looks, you know, giving them that RPO, it's an easy read. You know, he just reads space and, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case against Seattle. I think the bears only called four RPOs in that game because they knew Seattle was going to come out in that cover in their cover three look that they, you know, have been running for years. And, you know, those RPO reads aren't necessarily as, uh, as necessary against single high teams like that, that, you know, tend to not blitz. So that's, uh, you know, I guess on a game by game basis, it depends, 
you know, what kind of defense they're seeing and how often, you know, as to how often they'll call them. But, you know, Matt Nagy, he's, def- he's definitely very creative in how he calls them. He, you know, he'll, the Bears will typically line up with three receivers to one side, whether they're evenly spaced out or they're in a bunch. Um, and they'll line up a tight end to the other side of the field. He might be in line. He might be flexed out by a yard or two. And that actually, when the Bears line up in, the, in formations, uh, you know, like that, like kind of trips dub formation, the Bears are averaging. That's one of their most efficient formations. They're averaging over eight yards a play when they line up in that. And a lot of that is due to their success with RPOs because they've been, they've been running a ton of RPOs out of those sets. So what Mitch will do is he'll either hand the ball off to the running back, whether it be Cohen or Howard, on, you know, an inside zone scheme, outside zone, um, they've run some uh, pin and pull, pin and pull sweep type actions that I'm sure Mark Helfrich brought over from Oregon. Uh, that you can definitely see his influence on on that. You know, they'll run those plays to the tight end side, and then for the trips they'll run a bubble screen. And then you know sometimes you know if they're running zone uh, zone team towards the trips, they'll have uh, Trey Burton as an option on the other side on a quick out route um, from that from that tighter alignment. So those are those are the the biggest ways they'll use them out of that set. And then when they line up in more traditional uh, like tight end double sets. So they'll run two receivers to one side, one to the other, and the tight end will be on the side of the single receiver. They'll run some uh, some bubble slant combinations over there to kind of take advantage of those bubble tendencies that they've created. So Matt Nagy definitely has, has some creative ways that, that he's used them so far. And, you know, as, as an observer, I'm definitely looking forward to see what, what else he can bring to the table um, from that standpoint the rest of the season, from a creativity standpoint. Yeah, I mean, the creativity has been a lot of fun to watch, you know, throughout four weeks. We have 12 more to go. Can't wait to see what else Coach has up his sleeve. Uh, kind of looking at Jordan Howard real quick, you know, his actual stat line is, you know, not all too impressive. 64 carries, 203 yards, a little over three yards per rush. He has the touchdown. So I want to know, uh, based off what you've seen, do you have any any clue in why the Bears haven't been really able to get, you know, Howard going on the ground? Have you seen a shift in running philosophy compared to the previous two years? You kind of already alluded to that, but uh, I want to know, uh, how's their run scheme kind of affecting Howard's ability right now? So they, they're definitely, the prop, you know, not not having the, the data from last year uh, on hand, you know, I'm kind of speculating here, but it, it seems like the Bears running game is more diverse in the sense that they're using more schemes. They'll run, you know, power, counter, you know, I alluded to the inside zone, outside zone, um, duo, uh, a duo blocking scheme. It's kind of like another gap running scheme that's um, been prevalent throughout uh, the beginning part of the season. Um, and then that pin pull, you know, kind of sweep action is, is something that I've noticed a lot as well. So, uh, they're definitely more multiple from that standpoint, but as far as Jordan Jordan Howard going forward, I think you know it's it's kind of like the you know the receivers, right? Like Tariq Cohen had a really good game this week. You know, Allen Robinson had a good game a few weeks ago. Like you know, as the season, you know, one guy might have a good game one week and one month. You know, the passing game might you know obviously the passing game was more featured this past week. So it just depends on what the defense is doing too and who's having success. And you know, that's that's the sign of a good offense when you have you know mul- multiple guys you know having good weeks you know, alternating good weeks and, um, you know, going, going back to, you know, just the raw numbers, looking at like the, the yardage. I mean, I know, you know Jordan Howard, he hasn't piled, you know, he hasn't had that big game yet this year, but you know, last year too, there were definitely times where he, he wasn't getting those hundred yard, those hundred yard days either. And I know last year he had that big game against Pittsburgh in week three. So that might've, you know, definitely inflated some of those numbers in the, in the first four games last year. But I, I, I don't, I don't see any, you know, Matt Nagy's not going to abandon Jordan Howard or anything, uh, you know, from that standpoint. But it's just one of those things that depends on the game and you know, who they're playing, what the score is, and all that good stuff. So, Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense to me as well, kind of along the same lines that I was thinking. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, pick your mind just a little bit. 
Uh, speaking of picking your mind, throughout this week, you know, I'm kind of projecting forward for the rest of the season, and something that I can't help but uh, keep coming back to is Adam Shaheen and what his return uh, later on this year is going to kind of do to this offense. So what do you expect to happen when Adam Shaheen finally gets cleared to play and is uh, kind of implemented into this offense? So I think Shaheen will come in and he'll kind of replace a lot of the reps that Deion Sims is, is uh, getting currently. Um, Shaheen will definitely have a big role in uh, in run blocking. I think uh, the Bears right now they have a, a at least going into Sunday, they had a pretty big tendency of when they line up with two tight ends, one side of the formation uh, attached, um, both inline tight ends. They, they they were pretty high percentage of the time they were going to run the ball. So going and then I, and then go, like I said, going into Sunday, they kind of broke that tendency a little bit. They ran a couple of their shot plays out of those sets and you know kept both tight ends in for for max protection and kind of slid the line away from them. So that was you know they definitely broke that tendency a little bit Sunday, but going into Sunday, they definitely had that. So uh, Shaheen will definitely be used in those, in those formations to, to run block as well as to pass block when they're trying to take shots down the field. Um, and as far as um, you know, in the passing game, Shaheen needs to be utilized in the passing game too. He, he can run some of those stick routes uh, that we were, and those ball routes that we were talking about with Burton. And then that, that allows Nagy to be more creative with Burton. And he can use him and move him around to kind of play him in the slot a little bit more. Um, in, those, in those trips nub sets I was talking about with the RPOs, you know, uh, Adam Shaheen is definitely a better blocker than, than Trey Burton. So he can line Shaheen up to that tight end side and then put Trey Burton over to the trip side and utilize his, his blocking, you know, for those bubble screens. Um, you know, since, you know, Trey Burton's probably a better uh, blocker on those bubble screens than, you know, most, most receivers are so that he can utilize them out there. But at the same time, have the same, you know, have the, you know, he, Trey Burton's a well enough route runner that defense is, you know, they're not just looking at him and be, you know, as a stationary blocker, right? He's not, you know, that, that's not the case with him. So um, it definitely will allow Nagy to be more creative with how he uses Trey Burton. All right, so you kind of brought up the word tendencies. And, you know, throughout a month of the year, you're obviously going to start uh, creating some of those. So I'm curious your thoughts on what tendencies have you seen the Bears kind of establish over the first four weeks and how do you anticipate them addressing them during the bye week uh, and kind of projecting forward? Yeah, so this is a perfect activity for the coaching staff right you know they got they got some extra time they can look at you know they can kind of self-scout a little bit and I know I know I've heard Matt Nagy say that they have a coach on staff that you know his specific purpose is to self-scout and kind of report back to report back to him with what kind of tendencies they have and you know, like I alluded to you know just a few minutes ago that that tendency when they have those two inline tight ends that they had a, a pretty heavy run tendency and you know it kind of seems like the Bears kind of picked up on that a little bit last week and you know that was kind of the basis for some of their shot plays and you know, it makes sense too when you're throwing the ball down the field. You know, keep an extra tight end and give Mitch a little bit extra, you know, a little bit extra protection for those longer developing routes. So, so that was a tendency going into last week that kind of broke it a little bit, but it's still definitely a heavy run formation. Um, and then another another tendency that I noticed was when the Bears go to kind of more traditional spread sets, like more two by two sets with, uh, with not necessarily four receivers. Like Trey Burton can still be on the field, but he'll be well enough detached from the formation that it looks that it is. You know, he, he lined up essentially in a receiver, like a slot receiver position. That's definitely a passing tendency for the for the Bears right now. And, you know, going forward, the Bears, can they can definitely add some run games to it. You know, they can run their inside zone. They can run some RPOs out of that, certainly. So um, I'd be curious to see if they if they try to break that tendency. And, you know, that's definitely something I noticed with Nagy in Kansas City, um, watching the Kansas City film, is that was definitely a tendency of theirs um, last season as well. So, those are the two that I've picked up on. I'm sure there's more. Um, I'm sure the Bears are looking at it more closely than I am as well. So 
um, no, it'd be cool to see how they, how they try to change those two things up. Yeah, sure. That was a lot of great insight that you had about all those questions, but I just got one more for you, you know, coming out of the bye week the bears, they have four straight games against AFC East opponents. As you know, currently sitting three and one. I want to know what are your expectations for the next stretch of the season? Oh man, I'm uh, I'm not much of a uh, predictor, you know, especially not having. As a fan, though, as a fan, like, what do you what do you think is going to happen here? Oh, they're going four and zero. There we go. No doubt in my mind. No, I don't know. I, as a fan, <laughs> as a fan, that's my expectation, right? But um, you know, certainly New England is New England, right? They're the gold standard, so that's going to be tough. You know, they seem like they're they're headed on the right track after beating Miami last week. But you know, I, you obviously Buffalo gave. Minnesota that scare, but kind of came back down to earth last week. You know, they, they, they kind of played more like the team that we think they are. Um, New York, you know, they obviously got the rookie quarterback there with Sam Darnold. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of them, but um, you know, they were doing some things well at certain points. Yeah, obviously, their big week one win over Detroit. And then uh, Miami, you know, they obviously got off to a good start and struggled last week. But um, no, obviously, each, each opponent's going to present them with, with, some, uh, with some different challenges. But you know, just mentioning now, just remembering Miami, I, that was one game that stuck out in my mind uh, from Navy last year when the Chiefs played the Dolphins. I think it might have been week 16 or week 15 last year, but um, they took. I mean, he had when I when I when I charted the game, I tabbed. I think it was maybe 11 or 12 plays. I marked them as creative, and you know, I, I don't just mark every play as creative, right? So like, it has right. to be something that that creates creates a matchup for one of his his best players with advantageous leverage down the field, and I mean he. He, you know, similar to, it was very similar to last Sunday, right? He emptied his chamber. He, he, he left it all on the field as far as his, you know, his play calling is. And, um, no, it's awesome. It's awesome that the bears, you know, have a coach that that's so aggressive like that. It's so fun to, to watch, especially you know, when things are clicking like they were Sunday. So. Yeah. I don't think I actually have accepted the fact that he's our coach and this is actually what's happening. Like five touchdowns in one half out of Trubisky. I'm, I'm what five days removed now. And I still don't believe what I witnessed. I have, uh, I haven't got. I'm still in the denial stage, but it's not even a bad thing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun, and I mean, the good thing is, it, it seems like it's built for sustained success, right? It doesn't, you know, some of those Mark Trestman, you know, in recent memory, those Mark Trestman teams, you know, those those Josh McCown games where he went off, you know, throwing for over 400 yards and you know, all the touchdowns. Um, I think that might have been the 2013 season. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Will. But no, it, it sounds about right. Uh, you know, that, that definitely didn't have a sustained feel to it, obviously with McCown and then, you know, Cutler's return looming and, um, you know, Brandon Marshall not being someone that you can count on, you know, for, for a significant amount of time. And then, um, you know, Sean Jeffrey's injury concerns from those, from those years, but um, this definitely has a more sustained feel, right? The bears have so many different weapons that can do so many different things, right? They're all, they're all different tools in his, in, in Nagy's toolbox, right? They all, they all have different skills that can contribute to the offense and, you know, some of the some of the more dangerous offenses in the NFL, they, that's what they have. They have guys that, that are really good at certain things and the coach features them on those on those certain things that they're good at. So that's you know, it has a strong feeling. It feels like Mitch is, you know, obviously he struggled the first couple of weeks, but he seems like the kind of guy that, that he wants to get better. He wants to he wants to be good. He wants to learn how to make it work. And you know, if so what if he's got one or two bad games? I mean, he he if you have that attitude, that's something that'll that will carry him, you know, throughout his career. So that's obviously a good thing, but, you know, on the same token, you know, he still, he still has to have a, you know, as a quarterback, you, you can have the best intentions of the world, but you got to still be able to see and throw with anticipation. Um, even though he put up a ton of numbers on Sunday, there were definitely still some times where, um, you know, he, he, 
I, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember a couple of out routes where he, he threw the ball kind of high, but um, you know, from that standpoint, you know, that's this, this game is definitely not the finishing line for Mitch. He's definitely, he's definitely got things he still has to improve on. I just think the game plan really helped him this week, which, you know, that's, that's Nagy's job too, but um, kind of circling back to the, the question that you were asking, um, it, it definitely feels like it has more of a sustained success feel to it, which is awesome as a Bears fan to feel that way. Yeah, it's a lot of fun indeed. But, Bobby, uh, that's all the time we have for you today. I know you have to get to practice as well, so I want to just thank you for taking this half hour talking some Bears football, really providing a ton of great insight about you know the inner workings of this Bears offense throughout the first month of the season. I really appreciate having you on, and hopefully this is something we can do again in the future. Thanks for having me on, Will. Always fun talking about the Bears. All right, Bears fans, I hope that you found that discussion to be as insightful as I did. I thought Bobby shed a lot of light on some of the fine details that make up this interesting offensive tack that we have here in Chicago. If you're looking for more Bears discussion this weekend or in between now and when we meet the Dolphins on Tuesday, just make sure to head back into our feed and check out our State of the Bye Week episode. In that one, Nick and I had a lengthy discussion on where the Bears currently stand at every single unit and position. But, of course, this is going to do it until we start our Week 6 preview. So until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.